Welcome to Olaysha Podcast, where we open an honest conversation as we talk about everything from A to Z as it pertains to the LGBTQ plus community and beyond. I'm your host, Rodney, and you can follow me on IG at I am Rodney Wash. I'm your host, Marco the Prince, and you can follow me on IG at Marco the Prince. I'm your host, Shazam. <laughs> you can follow me on underscore kid and play underscore. I almost said I'm your host, kid and play. And I am your host, Solomon E. Stretch, and you can follow me on IG at Solomon E. Stretch. And this is season two. Yes. Episode 49. Almost at the hump, child. We here. <laughs> But we're just so happy to be here with you all, sweet babies. As you all know, if you're not new to this, you're true to this. You know, so we're going to talk about the collection plate. That's not here yet. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> So in the middle of the collection plate, if you want to keep the show going, want to help us, you know, keep, you know, thriving and little buttons, doop, doop, doop. We take fives, five, tens, 15, 20, 25, going up and keep counting. That will help with production costs, everything else. And then Solomon will tell you how to further support us. Further um. So, and so how you can support us. We absolutely love when you DM us. We love when you comment on our Instagram. We would also love it if you like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube channel. We have some really engaging things that we talk about, especially on YouTube. Yeah. And we do like your comments. You leave us paragraphs in our DMs. How many of y'all been getting the like the paragraphs? Like I get the paragraphs in the DMs. Go ahead and just put the paragraphs on our YouTube channel. We'd greatly appreciate it. I like that. Yes. <laughs> Cause TikTok beating y'all hoes on YouTube. <laughs> TikTok, <laughs> they we live. They do be commenting on that. TikTok is live, man. We get tick, we come out tick and keep talking. Ticket and talk. <laughs> And also, you know, if you listen to us on Apple, we need ratings. So keep, you know, five star. We have five star nickels. Oh. All right, Sodom, how was your week? <laughs> it's been a good week. Um, I've, I think I'm in my truth season. Um, I've yes, had a lot of situations with past relationships come back up, um, whether they were initiated by me or by the other person. And I've just been able to say what happened or what didn't happen mm. and where I am now and it's been liberating it's, it's been exhausting but it's been liberating aren't we in a retrograde child? Yeah, we, we, are, are, we are we are be careful girl so we are in a <laughs> <laughs> you in danger girl <laughs> we, we are in a Venus retrograde and we are coming up on a Mercury retrograde like tomorrow mm. oh, I'm gonna be, be crying Mercury mm. always get me crying Mm. <laughs> Solar system. Shazam, <laughs> how was your week? My week has been good. I don't have no complaints. Um, yeah, it's been a good week. I'm still on a high from Beyonce, so like it's been it's been great. Damn. Then the weekend, went, yeah, I ain't got no complaints. How was your week, Rodney? It was really good. Like everything, life is just good right now. Last week I got a little down, you know, I had a little tear, mm -hmm. but thank y'all who reached out. It really touched me. Um, some somebody sent me a prayer oh, in my man. DM, and I thought they were just so sweet. And you know who you are. I'm not gonna say your name. You say don't do that. But like, it really touched me. I and I was, like, and I, I was like, thank you for that. Um, but that life is good. Life is good. We love them. <laughs> Week and a half. The girls know what I mean. <laughs> no more inside jokes. <laughs> no more locked doors. Tell the openers what that means. <laughs> right. Tell Move them. on, girl. 
My week was good. Um, I stayed in the house all weekend. I parked my car after work on Saturday. Um, I played video games and was just diving into YouTube. So, yeah. I beat Mortal Kombat, too, by the way. That and is I really was, good because yeah, I, I can't even get past the storyline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gaming all weekend and it felt good just to throw my phone down and just focus on something else. Games are beautiful. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that was our week openers. And before we get into these streets, you already know we got to pay the bills. If you don't know, now you know that Apple is our official sponsor for Open Relationship Podcast. If you click the link in the bio, make sure you select Apple TV or Apple Music. You get a month free. And as always, your support is appreciated. <laughs> All right. So um, in the streets this week, um, this is probably my last death for a while to talk about. I feel like we've been talking about it for a while. But um, Ron Cephas Jones, American actor from Parson, New Jersey, has passed away on August 9th. Um, if you don't know who that is, he was most famous for his role in This Is Us, um, paid in full Law & Order, Luke Cage. Um, I connected with him through This Is Us. I really enjoyed his character. Um, you guys know who mm-hmm. this gentleman? Okay, just making sure. Um, no him. Yeah, um, like I just loved his role in This Is Us. That whole series is outstanding, so... I just wanted to give him a shout out for all his work that he has done and send prayers and good vibes to the family and friends. Yeah. Rest in peace, man. He was a good actor. He really was. Yes. Um, let's get into the um, mess. Because <laughs> it's been on my the heart. mess? <laughs> so Usher has um, released a song called Boyfriend. What? Uh, <laughs> yes. And Kiki Palmer is starring in it. Um I hate this for her. Um, it's it's not cute. Like, I saw America's sweetheart, you know, built this family, like, gorgeous. And then the concert thing is not what bothered me. It's everything after it. It just went downhill for, her, you know, the situation. It was just, it's just tacky. Like, you didn't have to be in his video. Like, she didn't get no video credits or nothing on it. Like, did we fact check that? Yeah, I, I fact checked that. No, she didn't get paid for it or nothing. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not saying pay for it. Like on the credits, okay, I, didn't see, I, did not, I did not see her name on it. So if it's just, it's not giving me Kiki Palmer, and I just, yeah, it's just, it's not giving me the attention that I would like from Kiki Palmer. I think that that man embarrassed her online, and she got one up. She got him back. They broke up, so it doesn't even matter what she's doing now. Doesn't matter. They broke up? Yes, they're mm-hmm. not together no more. So this After that? Yes. He did? So this has... No, like, this... It don't even matter. Kiki is turning it into a bag. Candy Birds does all the time. By all means, so get Something bag. bad happens, turn into a bag. She has to supply for her child. Me and my baby, we gonna be all right. We gonna live a good <laughs> life, okay? Beyonce on the beat. Hello? I'm on the other side of the fence. Um... I don't like it. Now, I'm with what Solomon said. You don't embarrass me in public, Right? You would have did something for me, but now that's why I don't like kids out of wetlock. Mm-hmm. Not throwing shade, but like your child deserves some type of family if you can fight for it. And I don't think you let social not saying she is, but let social media put shit in your head. Mm-hmm. Cause she ain't gonna be with you, bitch. I don't think she wants right. to be with us. And I ain't call her a bitch like a bitch like that, but like mm-hmm. I'm just saying like Like a friendly. Yeah, like you need a if your man upset, y'all upset, 
handle it and go back with your family. But like that's petty to me. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I just I I, I didn't like that movie. You know, and y'all know I'm a petty bitch. But at some time you're like, you know, it's a child involved. Mm-hmm. If this two people, bitch, I would have been there. everybody music shaking my ass. But like, it's a baby involved now, and it, you got to be grown. I I didn't like it. I don't necessarily like the song. Um, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a it was trash. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was a waste of energy. Like I think Ooh. if if instead of her just having a cameo in the video, like if she actually sang, because she can sing, mm-hmm. um, if she actually sang on the track and like maybe told like her part of the story, I think it would have been useful. Other than that, it was just a waste of energy for me. But I love Kiki. I oh, absolutely love Still Kiki. love you. I love Kiki, but Kiki, I don't think that's a good look for you, sis. Mm. Um, if you want to step into my office, I can <laughs> tell you how to go back to your man. <laughs> Cause Kiki girl now it's slim because I hear sis trust me mm-hmm. <laughs> yes Kiki just please for me get it together I just hate it for you oh. Kiki I don't have any advice for you I would just love for you to come on the show and talk with us <laughs> girl talk about your new dating life <laughs> look at I'm trying to say get back with your man <laughs> I'm so conflicting <laughs> I also want to talk about um, voting um, I know we're not voting this year, but the candidates will start rolling out very soon. Mm. Um, the um, the fire that happened in Hawaii, um, it's been on my heart lately because I've just been watching the press releases and press conferences <laughs> and things like that with the president, Joe Biden, and he also has not been making me happy. Um, the $700 per household, if you guys don't know, he did a press conference and offering the citizens of America, let me add, that per household, they only get $700. And it just reminds me of going back in the pandemic where they hung $1,200 over our head and promised us checks to get through when people have lost their jobs in the hospital and all these other things. Um, so we need to fight for the country and get a new sweep of people in because I think it was very tacky and I also saw a clip of him I'm not going to say falling asleep but he looked very uninterested of what the person on stage was saying and I'm like you are the president of the United States your job is just to pay attention and listen to us and it's just distasteful to me so make sure you guys vote please and follow your candidates voting is important but I think (coughs) Excuse me. Everyone needs to understand that they need to vote down the ballot. Mm-hmm. Everyone is always focused on just the presidential election. Like, who's going to be the Correct. president? You need to be worried about who the governor is. You need to know who your state representative is for your county. Like, you need to know all of that. A lot of people are so used to just paying attention to the big elections. And honestly, like, I'm not going to say they don't matter, but there are people behind Joe Biden that are making the decisions, like mm-hmm. Congress and things like that. I think a lot of people need to, um, no shade, they need to go back and do a government lesson you need to go watch um, Schoolhouse Rock, A Bill, all that mm. kind of things. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't understand what's going on. And people are like, oh, Joe's not doing this. Joe's not doing this. Joe's hands is damn near tied. Like, there's only so much he can do. Like, even from the Supreme Court. Like, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of things that happen down the ballot. So I'm just encouraging everyone to vote all the way down the ballot, all the way down to who the motherfucking sheriff is of Fulton County. Like, you need to vote for all of that. <laughs> because true. those are the things that are going to affect us most, the things mm-hmm. that are, like, right here. So that's my spiel, Chad. He took it out of my damn mouth. Yeah, um, I agree. Government is real, um, mm-hmm. and it really aggravates me. And that's why I feel sad, because you really don't know what you're not taught. 
mm-hmm. and you don't pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Like people said, Joe Biden gave us too long that he did. They denied it. Why? Supreme Court. Who are they? Girl, I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> There's a state called Google. <laughs> I can't look. I'm not cheating. Don't pay me to teach, bitch. <laughs> Report the news. But um, like I really like you. Like you know, they're like, please, y'all. Like voting is so real. Mm-hmm. Even with city councilmen, yeah, Atlanta's yes, changing yes, because yes. city councilmen get some little money in their pocket allegedly. What? And they give in all these little condos and speedos. Y'all don't think they get a little kickback in their little condos and what? Speedos? Speedos, you know. I thought that rhymed. It was cute to me. Congressmen and speedos, girl. No, no, like, you know, like the um, city council, I said they get a little kickback from, they, you know. I heard condos little... and speedos. Yeah, I was being funny. <laughs> I was being funny. But, like, you know, in different areas where you see buildings being built in a, you know, mm-hmm. black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, you got a house that's like worth that look like it's like hundred thousand dollars, and you got a condo or apartment that's charging twenty eight hundred dollars or more for rent next door to the house. Like that's called gentrification. Y'all need to really, really and truly yes. wake up, sweetie. Um, they're trying to build a jail cell right now. Trying to everybody going right now to get signatures. So they're trying to build a two million dollar jail cell, two billion dollar jail cell to help train police officers. Which I think everybody needs training, but that money go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It's so much more we do with the money. Even with your taxes. It's so, I can talk about this all day. I love government. It's, it's just so deep. It's so much deeper than what we, like, really go through. But, like, please, like, vote. I'm really mad at the Democratic Party as well. We had a house on lock. They was pussy to me. Y'all didn't do what the fuck y'all needed to do. But Republicans get in, baby, this, that, that, and this. They put in four justices. Mm-hmm. They, they said, fuck y'all. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, Jody let it go. And I also think... Um, Jody? He need to let it go. And I also think it should not be no life terms anymore. Everyone mm-hmm. should have like a good eight years. Then you go. That might even be too long. Yeah, I was going to say. I, was I, think, I do think you need to like... Sometimes you get good people. I don't want to let good people go. Then get, you get the bad people out. You know, eight years. But like... I agree with that. Like, I feel like the president have eight years. If the president have eight years to be a president, that's go for everybody from Congress to um, the House of Representatives to um, the justices. Bye, girl. It's not not it's not seventeen seventy six anymore. Right. Technology. I agree. Um, without reiterating too much, I'm also considered like that seven hundred dollars per household. I'm sure that was voted on. And so, um, and also think about in in crisis, how much is enough? Mm-hmm. And you know, we went through a, a I mean, we went through a pandemic, right? And the number that was given was twelve hundred dollars a month, or twelve hundred dollars. And so, and that wasn't enough. And so, these are people who have lost everything. Mm-hmm. And seven hundred dollars is definitely not enough. Um, but when we when we are talking about government we also have to consider that that number was probably voted on too and so mm-hmm. we can't just um blame a figurehead we have to look at the entire system and we also have to look at the system in in terms of when crisis arise how do we as a system handle it because there are, there are things in i mean hawaii yes devastating um we've we've seen fires in our nation We've seen it in California. We've seen it in Arizona. We've seen it in Mexico. We are New Mexico. We've seen it everywhere, and it's only getting hotter, mm-hmm. right? Global <laughs> warming is real. Yes, it is. It should be hot outside. Like them little islands begin about damn near flooded. It's sad. Like 
Like, damn, your house is really about to be gone. There was like a, um, I don't know if it was a meteorologist or a scientist. I don't remember what the correct term was, but they were basically saying like, we're no longer no longer in global warming. We're like in a global oven. Like, it's just hot. <laughs> I believe it. They did. That's what they said. I like that. <laughs> It do be hot. No, my back be sweating. What? As soon as you walk outside. And uh, we're going to end on a positive note. Um, I'm a fan of track and field. Ran um, back in my days. Um, Four by sh- one here? Yeah, yes. Shakari Richardson and Nola Lyles have won the 100 meters for the U.S. Um, at the last championship on Saturday. So I was very excited to see her come out the blocks and do her thing because she was dragged in the media when we first found out who she was. So for her to step it up and focus on her goals and dreams and what she wants, it was just heartwarming when I seen it all over the media. So shout out to you, girl. She did a good comeback. I was mm-hmm. going to say that. You did a great good comeback, girl. That's how you show people, bitch, don't count me out. Huh? Mm-hmm. I think the best thing I saw was when she was walking <clears throat> after the race. Oh. Um, there was a lot of media people like, excuse me, excuse me. And she was like, no, no thanks, thank you. no thanks. And she only stopped at black reporters. Mm-hmm. So I like that because the white media does, t- they tore her down. It was like, it was bad. She even talked about the interview. She, I think she did an interview on like USA Today when she first got in trouble for like the weed. Mm-hmm. And she re- literally tweeted about it like a few weeks ago and was like, I can't wait to tell my truth around this and how I was forced to do this interview. So, girl, speak your truth and keep running. Write a book, I buy it. I sure will. <laughs> Whoop these hoes ass. Literally. And, and thank you. Go ahead, Shazam. Take it over. Wait, Solomon ain't go. Oh, my bad. Congratulations. <laughs> what? God damn, Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> what? What more, what more can I say? You right. I mean, I, I was going to say the same thing that Shazam said. And so then he said it. And so then I'm just like, okay, well. <laughs> Keep it moving. Okay, girl. I'm so weak. Okay, so situation with Shazam today. Always going to be named after a song, something we've all experienced. Today's song is On My Mama, Victoria Monet. A motherfucking hit. It's for the culture. Like, she literally sampled a whole nother song. Mm -hmm. And did y'all see the music video? I love seeing her mama dance. They was like, get it, mama. I, like, I yes. love everything about it. Like from the TikToks I'm seeing, mm-hmm. from the the choreography, Sean Bankhead killed uh, it. That I was, was about to say, amazing. Sean Bankhead put his foot in there. Favorite scene when they was dancing in the back of El Camino's. Yeah, insane. Damn. So we talk about mamas today. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when white chicks where he was like, "So you want to talk, talk about, about mamas?" mamas. <laughs> <laughs> so we are talking about mamas and on my mama. Shout out to Mama Shazam. So, I just want to have a conversation about moms. I feel like we all have mentioned our moms multiple times. I was thinking about your mom, you and your mom's relationship when I wrote mm-hmm. this, so I'm excited to hear what you talk about. Okay. So, first and foremost, <laughs> where is your mama from, and what is her zodiac sign? Whew, my mom's from, um, she was born in Taylor's, Tyler's, Tyler Town, Taylorsville, Mississippi. I get those confused. And she is an Aquarius. Oh. And what's your zodiac? I'm a Capricorn. Okay. Up. My mom was born in Portland, Oregon, and she's a Taurus, and I'm a Cancer. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> wow. Thanks for the judgment. <laughs> no, no, that Cause was because she's very stern. You okay, very sensitive. Very, yeah, like, I don't, oh, I don't know if that was judgment or concern. Um, <laughs> You're being real shady. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just... it's, it's that side of the table, y'all. <laughs> My mother is from... Red from these bitch, okay. devil-ass bitches. Uh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> my mother is from Bremerton, Washington, and she is a Leo, and I'm a Sagittarius. 
Cool. My mm. mom is from Kokomo, Indiana. She's a Sagittarius, and I'm an Aries. Okay. Yeah, fire signs unite, baby. So, how old was your mom when she had you? My mama was. Come on, mental math. Y'all smart. 34. 32. 26. 29. So, at this point, you if you were your mom's age, like, if your mom was your age, well, if you're past your mom's age, she would already had you, correct? No, my mom would not have had me yet. I'm 32. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would have. Yeah, my mom would already have kids, too. So, do you guys think that you would have been ready for kids as your parents were at their age? Oh, now this day is, oh, no. what? Lord Jesus, no. no. Hell no. I'll be crying. I'll be broke. Okay. What? My answer <laughs> I'm saying, like, back then, though. Like, think about it. I can't think about it. I don't know this time, so it's. It's hard to do that. So who, stuff was, was cheaper back then. Who I was at 26, if I had a kid then, the answer is no. Why? I we, see you as like always being responsible. So I always will, think it's interesting to dig so into So I was, um, I'm, I'm very spoiled. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was very spoiled and irresponsible. Um... And at 26, I, so I, I was the kid who did the right things, but like in school, in work mm-hmm. and all that stuff that's important. But then like behind the scenes, like I was irresponsible financially, um, probably hung out with the wrong people, you know, all that other good stuff. Ooh, juicy. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be ready? <sighs> Well, one, I I don't want kids, but if I had to choose, uh, no, I, I knew that years. I can see you like being the cool dad. That's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I can see that too. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm the cool uncle. I, I hold that title very close. Everybody thank you guys. I received that message. Um, <laughs> and for that, I thank you. Um, I love her. <laughs> um, Thirty-two. <sighs> no. I was just getting out of an engagement. I was all over the place. I just wasn't mentally there to like have kids I was yeah no I was just I was still going out partying doing the things that I do and mm-mm. somebody telling me that they pregnant I'm about to be a father mm-mm. I'll still be there but I just know at that time mentally no yeah I was too selfish at 29 mm-hmm. it wouldn't happen I'd have like mom you want this baby <laughs> <laughs> I'm dropping her off at your house Which I was, if the grandmama got the kids you not the mom that's the truth <laughs> So what characteristics do you think, if any, that you picked up from your mom and that you're, like, thankful that you picked up from her? My mom do not let people run over her. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I truly appreciate that I have. Because I, I call out bullshit when I see bullshit. <laughs> My friends say, you don't want to go, I'm going to say it. And I know something, it's like, it's like yin and yang. But, like, I appreciate that from my mom. Like, when she was shit ain't right, it could be her mom at one point in time. She was respectful. Mm-hmm. But, like, she would tell you when you're wrong. Where, who check out who you are, and I and that, I think you need to have that. Don't be a yes man. If mm-hmm. I take that away, I'm not a yes man. I can see mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Any other ones? Some character, some characteristics about mom I do not like. Like she hold grudges. Uh, I mean, point at you like. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's all about it. The shade has turned. But you did say you do. So. No, I yeah, do. yeah, that's why I say I that. Do. But like, <laughs> see, my mom don't let stuff go, and that bothers me. Um, because like, I feel like life is really too short. Mm-hmm. And like I said, people are dead mad at people who walk on the earth. I think that's crazy to me. Um, she's about her money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to mama, because <laughs> I am too. 
And she loved her family. And I and I love my I love my family. Um that's just my family is so beautiful. Like we are a weird dynamic, but we work. Mm. <laughs> I think everybody has like a crazy dysfunctional family. We all do. Like, <laughs> like I love it. Chris slapped that bitch in her face. Hey, well, that's my cousin home. <laughs> <laughs> I can slap her, but you can't. <laughs> if you slap her, we gonna jump your ass. Okay. Jump your ass. <laughs> While we fight, did you just slap your bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the characteristics I bring. Um, my mom didn't take no shit from nobody. Um, she always like been a grinder, a hustler, and she never asked anybody for nothing. And I'm like the same way. Another thing that is like that I've just noticed that we like our space. My mom has never had anybody live with her unless she was married. Mm. Like her boyfriends. No, you can get your own apartment, but you can come over whenever you want or when I invite you. But when it's time to go, it's, all right, thank you so much. I'll call you, text you. And it doesn't work in my favor, but I admire her for doing that. Um, and then saying what's on her mind. Like, mm -hmm. she only going to say it once. You heard what she said. <laughs> and that's it. And she said the, what she said. The delivery might be wrong, <laughs> but the message still stands. He <laughs> will fuck. You did, no. and he'll fuck you down. You know what the fuck I said? Black Mama 101. <laughs> <laughs> and I ain't taking it back. Okay. Uh, for me, it would be my mother's very direct, mm -hmm. and she kind of has a smart mouth. Oh. And um, I get that. Mm. I definitely get that from her. I hope y'all mamas don't watch the show. Y'all finna get beat. No, my mom does watch my the show. I don't. Hey, I'm, I'm sure my mother does. She just hasn't told me. Um, and. My mother's the kind of place she's not going to stay somewhere too long, and I definitely get that from her. Mm -hmm. So like when she's ready to go, she be like, "Oh well, it's it's that time. <laughs> give me I my hugs." <laughs> and she be like, "Give fun. me my hugs," and she's walking out the or walking towards the door, and I'm just like, "Okay." Um, and I notice that as I get older, I'm kind of the same way. Um, so if we're out at a party or if we're just anywhere, I'm just like. All right, well, it's that time. I should. I think I did that the last time I was hanging up with y'all. Yeah, you did. I was, sure did. <laughs> All right, girls. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> y'all just let me know when you make it home. Specifically, I think you ate tacos, and then you was like, yeah, I'm going to leave now. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> the tacos up, bitch. You've been drinking so much. Um, characters, I would say my mom is a hustler. Like, she's going to make it happen no matter what. Like, it doesn't matter mm -hmm. what life throws at her, she's going to make it happen. And I feel like that's what I picked up from her. And then um, I probably also picked up, like, her... She she don't take no shit from nobody, neither. She's, like, the epitome of, like, Baptist church mother, but she don't take no shit from nobody. Mm -hmm. Now that she's getting older, I'd be like, Mom, you soft. But back in the day, I'd be like... Whew. And my dad tells me, he's like, your mouth is like your mom's. Like, you just say shit, and you'd be like... But you just got to say that sometimes. So what's your fondest memory of your mom? Like, what's the first memory that, like, makes your heart smile? Ooh. I'm excited about this. I'll go, because I know mine. So um, y'all know I've lived all over the country. So I've been, like, pounding my mom about, like, not coming and visit me in other cities. But I made it an effort when I first moved to um, Atlanta to fly her out. Because she's never been to Atlanta, and she's never seen so many black people in so many different industries, because we're from Oregon. And... The way that she lit up, like, coming out of the Atlanta airport, she was like, it's so many black people at the airport. I was like, yeah, this is the life I live. And she was like, this is like Wakanda. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like, but this is like her, like, not going past Vegas. Mm -hmm. Like, so 
I took her to um, a seafood restaurant here, and she was like, you guys do hookah and DJs and all this all the time? I was like, yeah. She was like, you live in this. I was like, yeah, and it's tiring. She was like, take me home. <laughs> I was like, okay, I know not to take you around the hookah or the DJs. We'll go to, like, a little mom and pop, so... Mom's yeah. overwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. It will be with my mom. I was um, nom- nom- a nominee for um, an award show, um, Black Media Honors, mm-hmm. and my mom surprised me. I, I said, mom, "You didn't know she was coming." I kind of knew, like my mom can't hide shit from me. She's like, "I wish you good, baby." Here's your like dark, like trunk shutting. I like, girl, you coming up here? It's so like. We went inside. My mama was so beautiful, had on beautiful dress. We got our first, um, what you call that picture? That famous picture thing? Red, Red carpet. carpet. The um, Getty pictures? Getty picture. Mm-hmm. And like that makes me smile so Aww. much. My first Getty picture with my mama on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. And like, it is, and I'm like, oh, and she just looks like, they, and I was like, are you famous? I'm like, oh my God, mama. <laughs> she can't wait. Because I was like, who are you? Who are you? And I was like, I'm the star bitch. <laughs> Not your mama ate you up with her car. Girl, when I say Diane was, um, you would have thought she was. She looked like she was somebody. Mm. <laughs> girl, I said, damn, girl. They can put a little touch on. Am I your guest? <laughs> Am I escorting you? Yes. And it's like, it was like all the spins paid for, like the food, the drinks. Mm. My mama really, and they treated mama like royalty. And I, whoever was over that, I feel like everybody in mind who looked like older or whatever, they made them feel special. Mm, and I good. and that made me feel special. And she always talk about that. And she and she still got that picture today of like on her a Facebook profile picture of us. Aww. And that makes me smile. What's your name? Um so my fondest memory is I think it might have been maybe eight or Younger. Okay. Um, so I sing. A lot of people don't know that I sing. Wait, and you sing? I sing. Hidden yeah. talents. Uh, I love. I love singing actually. Um, and we were in the we were in the car. My mother was driving, and Anita Baker, Body and Soul, was I playing. Mm-hmm. And so my mother sings. She has this beautiful voice, and she would just sing around the house. And so we were. Uh, she was driving. And I was, I, I've always been shy about singing, mm-hmm. but then I'm like looking out the window and I'm singing low and then I can kind of hear like my mom's voice just kind of fade away. So she's listening to me. And then it gets to the end of the song where that high note and that long, that extended note um, happens. And so I just start singing. Then my, then I just hear, my baby can sing. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it felt like she, discovered me for the first time like something that I could just do and uh, I think from then we really just started like singing around the house and I was not shy anymore but that's one of my fondest moments uh, fondest moments yeah in the car with your mama. Mm-hmm. Mine is ex- what, this is why we sit next to each other because mine is extremely similar me and my mom went on a road trip once <laughs> And we drove from Indiana to Dallas, Texas. I don't know if y'all know, but that's far. That's like Mm -hmm. really, really far. And baby, we listened to Monica Miss Thing album over and over and over and over. And now every time we play like Monica Miss Thing, we'd be like, yeah, girl, that's a hit. So like music is just how me and my mom connect. So that, then like Friday nights, we used to, it was my mom and then her best friend, they used to take us to pizza every Friday at Pizza Hut. Like religiously every Friday, that's what they did with the kids. 
And after that, we'd always go back to the house, and it would be like a little party, and we'd be listening to music. So like mm-hmm. anything that I could like picture a song, it makes me think of my mom. Mm-hmm. I love it. So little messy. What's the worst disciplinary action your mom ever did to you? Mm-hmm. Like, what's one like ass kicking or a scolding that you remember that you like? Damn, like that really was. She ain't had to do me like that. <laughs> oh, I know Ooh. mine. So, my mother told me to go clean my room. Oh, Lord. And so, I went in my room, and I stayed in there for a little while. I kicked some things around. And then I left the room, but I closed the door. And my mom said, did you clean your room? And I was like, yes. And so, then she went and opened up the door, and the shit was a mess. And so, when I tell you she whooped me, she whooped me good. Um, and then, like, she I was. She would be good. <laughs> she did. Um, and I was in there just huffing and puffing and, you know, doing that. She was huffing and puffing afterwards. Yes, well, you know, trying to catch my breath from crying. Because I was just like, <laughs> you know, doing one of those things. And then she came in there like an hour later and I was still. <laughs> and she was like, boy, stop. She was like, it's not that bad. And you shouldn't have even lied. She was like, it wouldn't have been bad if you had not lied. And I was just like, did that stop me from lying? No. But <laughs> <laughs> so you can't lie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that was the worst disciplinary action I've, I've ever gotten. Marco, I know you was bad. I know you got whooped. I got my ass whooped all the time. So <laughs> sophomore year in high school, it was New Year's Eve. Um, parents went out, did they things. Out. I text everybody in my sophomore class to come over because we had this big basement. And it was empty. Everybody came over. They left the liquor in the fridge or in the cabinets. I thought she was going to stay out longer than normal because, you know. You just, How many people are we talking about? Probably like a good 30. That's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot <laughs> to have your mom house and she, she not was know. like, now what the is going on down here? I was like, everybody Were people still out. there? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, everybody out. They snuck out the back door because my mom didn't play. She came down with the belt. And yeah, when I tell you I was on punishment for two weeks, no TV, no game, go to school and come right back home. Is anybody still there when she whooped you? No, just my sisters. But my mom is the queen of like, don't let nobody come to my house. I don't want people to know where I live, anything. Mm. Like, she is like, oh, I want to meet your friend Uh, on the porch. Like, they're not coming in. Damn. Mm -hmm. She don't play about her space. Oh, my mom, I was shit. I was in college. <laughs> My mama gave me, she gave me a verbal. Ooh, a verbal? A verbal ass whooping. I don't count the whoop. I just remember what mama said to me. I said, damn, bitch. I was about to fight you. You know what? That's how mad I was. So being dumb, young, and dumb, mm-hmm. I had a tattoo. It full of cum. Just what you want me to say. Had a tattoo a guy name on me. And we were just going through a bad relationship, fighting every day. I remember calling Mama, come get me. I said, Mama, come get me. I'm tired of this nigga, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Mama drove to get me from college. It said, she was like, when you just go to college at home, they had a, a, a campus at my house. So she mm-hmm. was like, just come in for a semester, get yourself back together, and you go back up when you want to. Girl, <laughs> I ain't been in go for it for no longer than 20 minutes I said that I told a nigga come get me I'm gonna come down <laughs> and when my mama she see my suitcase she like why you ain't unpacking your suitcase <laughs> cause the school didn't start yet and so she saw the next she said 
Bitch, I know you motherfucker. <laughs> she was like, that nigga beat your ass. <laughs> and she was like, you got a scars and marks on your little narrow ass. You going right back to get beat on again? So now my motherfucker, you ain't my motherfucker. So I'm like, it was just bad. Like, this a man's neck that's going off. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you get that motherfucker car, bitch. You a weak bitch. <laughs> Not a weak bitch. <laughs> my mom got my face. She said, "You a stupid bitch." <laughs> a weak stupid and I'm bitch. Like, you're like, God damn, I said my hair, bitch. You want my mama? <laughs> and I remember getting the car and the look my mama gave me. But you know what's so funny? When I called her, she was always there. Came got me ass again. <laughs> like, I ain't never saw my mom talk to me like that. Like, she thought like I was a bitch in the streets who's in an abusive relationship and staying. <laughs> I will never forget that. <laughs> I am weak. I don't have nothing to add to this because... I was so, back then I would say I was afraid of my mom, but now I know that I respected my mom so much. Mm-hmm. I was just afraid. I didn't do nothing. Like, I don't, my mom never whooped me. I really? never got a whooping growing up. I got what? one whooping from my dad, but my mom never whooped me. I was scared of her. Like, me and my sister were like, mm-mm, we not testing her. Like, because, like, <laughs> once her and my dad separated, we went with my mom, and she, like, did everything for us, and we didn't want for nothing. It's just like, I'm not testing this woman. Like, the only time I remember maybe a disciplinary action was, like, the only rule she had for us was, I'm going to cook before I go to work. She worked afternoons, 3 to 11. When I come home at 11, I shouldn't have to clean up the kitchen. Like, dishes better be out the sink, all this other stuff. Me and my sister thought it was play-play. We left all the dishes. We had ate and all this other stuff. Got in the bed. And I remember laying in the bed, and I heard, like, her um, car back up in the driveway. I'm like, oh, mom's home. And I'm just laying in the bed. And she came in, and it was quiet. I'm like, she normally makes noise when she come in. Like, I hope she's okay. Maybe she had a rough night at work. So I'm just rolling over. Next thing I know, my door's like, boom! And she kicks the door open and she curses us out and makes us get up and clean the kitchen. And not just clean the dishes. I mean mop, baseboards, all this shit. And we're up like, mom, we have school in the morning. And she's just like, I bet y'all won't leave my kitchen dirty no more. But that was the only like disciplinary thing that we had. Other than that, like... Can we trade? Listen. Shit, <laughs> whoop my ass. Okay. That man beat my <laughs> <laughs> We can talk about bombers all night, obviously. But if there was one thing that you could say to your mom right now, what would you say? Just thank you. Mm-hmm. Just as thank you for being who you are unapologetically and just loving me for whatever season I'm in. You just always just been mama. Where it was good, bad, and different. <laughs> when I was mad at your ass. We cut, you cussed me out <laughs> but like you was this when I called you I, you was always there and then for that I say thank you <laughs> thank you mama <laughs> um, mom I just want to say thank you um, for always being there just knowing when I need you um, you know and just raising me to be a successful black man I will I would tell my mother that I am well mother I am extremely, extremely, exceptionally proud of you. I've seen my mother do all the things that she told us to do. So it was like, get your college education, get a great job, do this, do that. And so she, you lead by example. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. I would say, hey, queen, you've done it again. <laughs> no, but I would just say thank you. Me and my mom talk often, so she knows everything I would say to her, but I would say thank you. Like, you didn't have to do it, but you did. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. Amen. For the mamas. Yes. Good Lord. Yes, for the mamas. I'm going to cry this time. <laughs> Listen, it's an easy subject to cry on. Too. It is. Oh, it is, really. <laughs> um, but as we transition, um, hopefully we're not 
becoming a downer, <laughs> even though, I mean, we, shit, we might. Um, yeah. But for today's Menage a Trois, we're going to talk about substance use. We're going to talk about addictions. Um, and so the American Society of Addiction Medicine uh, defines addiction as a treatable chronic medical disease involving complex interactions among brain circuits, genetics, the environment, and the individual's life experiences. Uh, people with addiction use substances, use substances or engage in behaviors that become compulsive and often continue despite har harmful consequences. Um, and so, you know, we live in dangerous times where drugs are not the same that they were 10 years ago, mm -hmm. shit, five years ago. Um, and so um, we are seeing a lot of people just dying. Um, whether unexpectedly or we see them slowly dying. And um, so tonight I just want to have a conversation about, you know, what are your experiences with substance use? What are your experiences with addiction? Who? So the reason why I am not on any type of drug is because I've seen it fuck up my family. Um, my grandfather was a big time drug dealer. Um, he just sold coke, weed, whatever you needed, he had it. And but my grandma was such a godly woman, I was like, Why are you with this? It's this hope weird anyway. And it skipped my aunties and my mama siblings, but our grandkids, it fucked them up. And just being on powder, um, some was on crack. Um, I saw my cousin who, anyway, I saw my cousin who was a very beautiful girl, um, just like could have been like in the movies. Got with this guy who was a drug dealer. I guess she tried a substance one time, got hooked on it, and she lost teeth. Mm. Um, was stealing and just doing the most and I was and I just couldn't I couldn't fathom why are you doing this like your parents like when you you know like my auntie uncle did not play that shit it is going to show you like it don't matter where you come from it, you have to be responsible for yourself and you can't blame the parents I know parents blame themselves but kids gonna have to find out their own way and it was just sad kids got taken away in foster care, crack is a hell of a drug, and it's hard. I pray for anybody who has a family member going through any type of substance abuse, especially when you are literally selling things to get high. It's stealing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I share the same sentiments. I think <clears throat> my experience with substances is based off of what I've seen in my family. So <laughs> I feel like when I got to college and I, like, growing up, I, was, I, won't, I won't say I sheltered, but my mom protected what we've seen and what we knew about. But now being grown and knowing like what was actually happening, it's like, okay, I understand why you did that. And then getting to college and seeing like, I had never seen cocaine until I got to college. Like I was like, um, I was basically almost 21 by the time I've seen cocaine for the first time. And I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, like people really do this. <laughs> so seeing like that and then if you want to call a spade a spade, like seeing people like have to smoke weed every single day, like just <sighs> to function, you know what I mean? Mm, yes. So like when I got to college, that's when I started to see it. And then like, Knowing what it done to people in my family, I was just like, I can't like my personality is already addictive, so I can't I can't deal with that. Like I'll be I I'll be on the corner. Like that would be me. So 
So for me, um, I also grew up with uh, examples of substance use um, or substance misuse or addiction. Um, I have alcoholism in my family. And so when I was growing up, I was always I was always saying, I'm never going to drink. I'm never going to drink. Then I get to college. And uh, growing up, my mother was police. My dad was military. And so I get to college and I have like all this freedom. Um, I probably had the same freedom when I was growing up. I just didn't exercise it. But then I get off on my own at the University of Georgia where the weekend starts on what, Wednesday? Um, (laughs) And so I'm drinking on these $2, $3 drinks and getting (laughs) fucked up. Did y'all have $2 Tuesdays? We probably had two, $2, $3 every we day. We had $2 Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> and you would get like drunk on Tuesdays, but go ahead. When I tell you, wasted. And so um, when we were talking earlier about... <laughs> when we were... T- it's not Marco's fan this time. But when we were talking about... Uh, if we had a kid at our parents' age, uh, would we have been responsible? At 26, I was uh, extremely irresponsible, and I was misusing alcohol. Mm. Um, and uh, there had been a couple of experiences I won't talk about um, without saying allegedly. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there have been a couple of experiences that... Um, I mean, there might have been some wrecked vehicles. Um, and... Uh, I remember back in those days where, like, I'm making payment arrangements all the time because I'm out in the clubs or I'm drinking. Mm. Um, I'm doing all the things to function and to be okay, but in the background, I'm not. I'm definitely not. Um, And so my experience with alcohol use... Um, or substance use, let me just say that. My experience with substance use is definitely personal. Um, yeah, that's what I got. <clears throat> so, mine is also personal. Um, just growing up in Portland, I don't know if you guys know, but um, Gangland, um, it was made back in the 80s and 90s. Literally, that's how we grew up. We walked to school, we saw crack pipes on the floor, needles, bags, oh, blunts, goodness. like all that shit, Um, just walking to school. And even like within the family, just seeing different types of family members abuse different things. Even sometimes me, I um, just came to the realization that sometimes I overuse liquor, um, which, you know, sometimes it's just good to reflect on how you use it. Um, But yeah, just growing up in Portland, it was not a beautiful sight to see. Just the 80s and the 90s was horrible, especially being so close to California. They used to port from L.A. all the way up to Portland and Seattle. So, yeah. I was in this training once. And so we often talk about, like, substance abuse, right? Um, and I was in this training once, and this facilitator who had a substance abuse history, and he was like, you know what, to be honest, he was like, I don't believe in substance abuse. And so, you know... That same look you just gave, like everybody else in the room was just like, wait, what? And he was like, when I was using, I wasn't abusing drugs. I respected the drugs. He was like, I was abusing everybody else in my life. Mm. And I was abusing myself. But he was like, I value the drugs. And the minute he said that, it was just like, yeah, 
because that's what that's the thing that's important to you. And um, he was like, the drugs weren't getting the brunt of my behavior. He was like, my family were. Mm. He was like, my job was. Every everybody else in my environment, they were suffering. And I was like, damn, mm. that's a really interesting way of thinking about it. Damn. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it like that. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's why I'm scared to drink. Like, I love alcohol. <laughs> um, Same. <laughs> we love a cocktail right here. Got <laughs> really two girls. <laughs> and I be trying to, and I remember, like, I never saw somebody drunk until I had a ex who was had a drinking problem and I was like damn like nigga you don't this horrible I ain't gonna mm-hmm. drag on this it was just a bad experience and I was like I don't want to be like that like I thought it was fun to be drunk and you know throwing up and I, when I dated his ass I was like oh no bitch mm-hmm. <laughs> get your shit together girl <laughs> all it takes is for one time for you to see somebody else act mm-hmm. out and you be like is that what I be doing cause I everybody, I love a cocktail everybody know I'm gonna have a good time I'm gonna dance but I remember one time one of my friends was like bitch you showed your ass last night and I was like what I do and they told me and I was like like I was mortified because I was like I see other people do shit like that, and I'm mm-hmm. like, girl, like you were being drunk, and that was me. Oh Lord. So, <laughs> do you notice that when you do a certain thing, a substance, that something changes in you? And the reason why I ask is because, like, um, so earlier today you were talking, or earlier in the conversation you were talking about, because you have an addictive personality. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's more that like I once like a switch is turned on. Like I, I'm okay with like being in a room and not being seen. Like I'm 100% fine with that. But then as soon as alcohol is involved, then I become like a switch just turns on. Mm. And I become like the, I just become gregarious. I become like the life of the party. Um, and I don't want it to stop. And so then I'm like <laughs> buying, dr- I'm <laughs> buying more drinks and then like, Drink for me, drink for you. Then mm-hmm. this is like, okay, now we now we double fisting um, drinks. And oh, God damn. Wow. <laughs> I was like, no. Picture it. And so, and then the party just goes on and goes on until we're just off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, have any of you ever had that kind of experience? Ooh, alcohol. <laughs> Oof. I can't smoke, and I think, and I thank God for that. Cause I think if I could smoke, I would be a weedhead. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to, I can't do really hookah like that because it burn, it literally burns my throat. Mm-hmm. I think there was God trying to say, "Don't get him, <laughs> get him looking. <laughs> 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 keep off anything that got a little smoke in it." Be <laughs> but, but like, I do. I understand. Like, like I be nervous. Mm-hmm. I drink when I'm nervous. I drink when I'm aggravated. It calms me down, and I'm like, Lord, I'm going to alcohol to with my moods. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm mm-hmm. dosing myself with alcohol. And I was like, I have to stop. That's why you don't want to come to my house. You don't see liquor bottle, wines. Like, you know, people have all the bottles in their house. Like, mm-hmm. that would never be because, like, I'll be drinking every day. Mm-hmm. So I try to drink only on the weekends. Um, I don't really drink on the weekdays because of that reason. Because I don't want to get at this point. I was drinking wine every day, a whole bottle every day, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is not healthy." Every day, and drinking on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so I kind of drunk every day during the pandemic. Um, Didn't we all, baby? <laughs> and I honestly didn't have a reason. It was in my house. It was a liquor store around the corner. I could literally walk there, and then they had like a $5 um, wall of wine. So me, I'm like, oh, Who, girl? $25, 5 10 15 one a day. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> 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 but like the math is motherfucking math. Like, <laughs> but also like I love a good cocktail. Um, I do see the difference. I'm very much so like you. Like I like to be life of the party. I like to dance. I like to mingle and talk. But it's always those moments where my friends catch me in the moment of just being me and probably drunk more than likely. And then I watch it the next day, and it's cringy to me. I'm like, oh yeah, mm. I was yeah. doing that. I was having fun, but I didn't know I did that. And then I'm just like, okay, maybe, you know, seven, maybe we'll cut it down to six next time. You know? <laughs> Steps. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, we got to take it back, you know? So it's One just. <laughs> step. <laughs> it's just moments like that that just made me realize, okay, you, you can have a good time, but just monitor how many you have and how much. Same. I would say, like, it, it's, it's the moment where you see yourself being cringy. Like, mm-hmm. you see, like, a video or you see, like, like people get tipsy and your friends will take a picture of you like laid in the bed or something. You just be like, girl. Like it may like I know me and my friends, we won't post on social media because don't At do that. All. I'm but, glad you got friends who'll do that. I'd be like, bitch, why you do that? No, we don't post on social media, but we will put it in a group chat, like, look at this drunk bitch. But at the same time, it's like it'll be funny, but then sometimes like you be like, damn, like I was really that drunk. Mm-hmm. Like, why was I drinking like that? So I could say like when like everybody knows July was rough for me. And it was like one weekend and I was just like, I literally got I think I went out Saturday night and then Sunday morning I got up and just started drinking tequila with my friends at the pool. And by Monday I was like, oh my God, like I can't feel my head. Like it was Mm. too much. And you have to just know when to stop. Of course there was no pictures or videos, but I slept all Sunday fun day. Like I literally left the little pregame while they're at the pool and I went and slept all day. And I'm just like, okay, too many. Like Mm. way too many cocktails, sir. And so um, for my last question, um, have you guys ever experienced like any major consequences from substance use? Thank God, no. Yeah, same. I think I could drive when I'm drunk, and it's very dangerous. Don't drink and drive. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm drunk, though. I be like, you know. The commercials say buzz driving is drunk driving. Mm-hmm. When I tell you, I'm like, God, hi. God. I mean, what? True story. Went to New Orleans. Was with my ex, abusive asshole. He had three of his friends with him. They made my drunk ass drive. Everybody else was too fucked up. I fell asleep. And the only reason why I woke up was because you know that little line is And I said, Oh shit. <laughs> I was like, I said, God, because baby, I don't know how long I was asleep. I remember the next thing I know, I was like, ooh, you know your eyes be like, fuck. Ten more miles ago. Ten more I'm just saying in my head, ten more miles. And I was just saying there's across the juice. I said, Well, bitch, y'all got me fucking driving. I'm drunk and it's like, yeah. And I stood up for myself that night. <laughs> Tina turn. <Okay. laughs> Is that all you got? <laughs> <laughs> I said, shit. But I said there, there was nobody but God. Cause that could have been bad. On the interstate at that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had any consequences Ugh. other than doing something like, okay, oh. I might have like scuffed up my shoes or threw up or something. Well, I, I, I don't throw up. I mess up some shoes real quick, and that a, that's a consequence for me because I like to get dressed. But <laughs> um, never anything legally or nothing like that. And now I'm at the point in my life, like if I think I'm tipsy, I don't drive. Mm-hmm. My friends laugh at me because they'd be like, bitch, why do you even have a license or a car? Because I don't drive. I've had my car for five years and got 20,000 miles. I do not fucking drive. Damn. Damn. 
<laughs> and y'all got me driving all the way up here every Tuesday. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> For that. But no, like anytime I'm tipsy, I will call an Uber because That's good. in my I think that I just think that um I would rather pay for an Uber than pay with my life or pay mm-hmm. with my car or like end up in jail. Um, knowing what I know about DUIs, like Look. you get a DUI at this age, baby, it's it, it's, it's a lot, it's, okay? It's like and it's expensive. And let me tell you, I, there's so many other things and trips I can take rather than pay for a DUI. Mm-hmm. Give me that. I don't care if the Uber fifty dollars. Give it to me. Right. Um, no con- consequences on mine. Well, I lied. Sorry. So nothing legally. Um, I. Try my best not to drink and drive, um, but I'm very so much so. Oh, Lyft, I got my keys. I got everything important out of that car. If the car is gone tomorrow, I can get a new one. Tell her. Um, so nothing like that, but her. consequences with my friends and family sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm a little too much. Um, so, yeah, that kind of, like, hurts because it's, it's like a hard pill to swallow sometimes. You're like, mm-hmm. you know, I really respect you. I like you. You're a fun girl. You like to do the things, but... You know, you can't be showing your ass all the time. So just, yeah. True and relationships are very important to me, so. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had some consequences, none legal. Uh, but now that I'm in this role that I am in professionally, and um, I've seen the consequences of DUIs. Like, mm-hmm. the average DUI is like $10,000, and that's on the cheap end. Sure. And... Uh, when you factor in all of the components of uh, DUI, DWI, and from state to state, it's just it just gets worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to wrap this up, so for any of you out there who are watching and you have control issues when it comes to alcohol or substance use, if you feel like you're compelled to use because of maybe some emotional stuff, maybe some life stuff, um, or if you are experiencing consequences of your substance use, please call somebody seek help Mm -hmm. um right now we're in this era of fentanyl and fentanyl it is extremely dangerous Mm -hmm. uh and it only takes a little bit a little bit like the size of like the your pinky tip um that is enough to kill someone and so uh definitely be careful if you are out there using be careful if you're out there in social environments in which it could possibly get into your um, physical space, be careful. Don't take drinks from anybody. Don't smoke after anybody that you don't know. Um, there are so many consequences out there. There are so many ways that you can get caught up. Yes, because people are lacing fitting out with their weed now and just killing a lot of people. Yes. Rest in peace. And also Jesus. just consider like, Addiction doesn't look like the typical crackhead on the street. It doesn't look like the the average homeless <clears throat> person. Like there are professionals who are living day to day and working that are in addiction. And no, this is not a um, sponsorship, but I will encourage everyone to watch um, Painkillers on Netflix. That will wake your ass up. All right, we're going to the letter. Um, <laughs> This is where we uh, welcome our openers in to come in and share their thoughts, our feelings, or if they have questions. And you can do that, you guys, by email emailing us at oblitionpodcast.com. I'm oblitionpodcast at gmail.com. Or go to our website at oblitionpodcast.com. The letter. <clears throat> Need advice. I am seeking guidance. I recently came out to my family at the age of 35 which was a difficult decision for me. 
to provide some context, I came from a Southern Baptist background, so this was a significant step. Unfortunately, my parents and two of my siblings chose to disown me, leaving only my younger sister to maintain contact. It's been three years since I have heard from them, which means I missed out on important holidays and events. It is especially hard since my parents and I used to be very close. I'm not sure why they reacted this way, and I would appreciate some words of encouragement. Mm -mm -mm. I'm going to say this. Um, some people's personal beliefs will really, in religion, will really ruin families. And I really hate that they, when they want to be hateful or mean to anyone who don't go by stricken by the Bible according to what they believe in, they want to excommunicate you. And religion is not that and I wish people really stop putting religion to be evil and mean and weaponized mm -hmm. like that cause God is not that y'all when y'all read the story of Jesus Jesus didn't hang around perfect patties Jesus hung around everyone and everyone had to sit at the table and you are enough yeah. um I really hate that for you but I would encourage you to go seek therapy I'm not a therapist I and I have never been there so I can't even sympathize empathize because I don't know how that feels but I would encourage you to find someone find you a tribe that loves you and know that you are enough and it's not your fault um, opener I've also been in your place before so to piggyback on Rodney um, I seek therapy with this situation um, it's very hard but you need to create a safe space so you can just let it all out and create the tribe that you want, want excuse me um, I'm very close with all my friends versus my family. No shade to them, but you just got to build the tribe that you want, and that's going to support you. I don't have advice, and I don't even know if this is encouragement, but I do know what this feels like. And so um, I came out later in life. I think I was probably around the same age, and... Um, there was a huge split between me and my father and we didn't speak to each other for like two and a half years. Oh, and man. so I still have my mother to support me emotionally. Um, but something clicked and this is going to sound really morbid, but I was like, th there was a freedom that I had because now I could just be me. I didn't have to worry about being in the closet. I didn't have to worry about hiding myself, and I didn't have to worry about maybe disappointing somebody. Like, it was already out there. Um, granted, it wasn't, I didn't tell my story. I was outed. And so, um, I remember being mad one day, and then the thought came to my head. I was like, he's gonna die one day. and I will still have to live my life. Mm -hmm. So now I have to make a decision on, am I going to live my life? And from that day forward, I was like, if I don't have what I need from him, then I need to get it. I need to get it from somewhere. And that also means I have to give it to myself. So I started, I told you, I, I grew up, I was spoiled. And I, had everything that anybody could ever want and so then I started giving that to myself and like even when I have conversations with my mother now which is why our relationship is so strong and she's always very affirming she's like things just tend to work out for you and I'm just like I mean that's just a relationship that God and I have 
And so it's your time. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's your life. So um, opener, take ownership of it. Take ownership mm-hmm. of this entire experience. Although it is disheartening that this is how you are going through it, this is just the beginning. Hmm. So see it through. I echo what Marco said. Um, I forgot what the quote is, but it's something like your friends or the family you get to put, you get to choose. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you're picking individuals that you want to be around you. Um, secondly, what you saying, you come from like a Southern Baptist background. Cling to your faith. Um, make your relate your relationship with God has to make sense to you and not anyone else. And I think when you make that make sense and you ha- are at peace with that and know that God still loves you regardless of anything else that your family's feeling, they're going to come around eventually because they're going to realize that it's what they're doing right now is not rooted in it's rooted in like religious tactics and not God's love. Like the representation mm-hmm. of God is love. And right now we're in a society where people are using religion as a reason to hate people or to break us and divide Sad. us. And that's not what Jesus is. Um, I went to a church when I lived in Kansas City, and the pastor said, I would rather have my church smell like drugs, sex, and rock and roll than a whole bunch of hypocritical Christians. So mm-hmm. um, make peace with your relationship with God, and your family should probably come around. But I send you love, for real, for real, because this is not easy. And I will say this, too. Thank God for your younger sister. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do not want to just brush over that. Like, yeah. you, you know, you're real. going through this, and your younger sister is there to love you and support you. Um, thank God for her. And, you know, I, I think about this quote that my yogi, my guru, says all the time. If it wasn't for the grace of God and the people who love me, the people who choose to love me, yeah. no matter how I show up. And I, and I can say this for myself. There have been many a times I have shown up as less than my best. And people still choose to love me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that being gay or anything is less than your best. I'm just saying that for me. I have made some decisions that were less than my best and people have still chosen to love me and to mm-hmm. extend me grace. And that is amazing. Hey Amen. It's a song. I know y'all know I love church songs. You do. I like the song. Say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? And I want you to look up that song because that is a true song. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? All right, open it. I'm done. We've had several things tonight that are like tear worthy. So I'm sweating because I'm nervous. I'm gonna cry for something. Or the air was it today? Oh, what is it? I said, or the air was just off. Oh, no, I think I was nervous, child. Why are you nervous at all? I don't know. I sweat when I'm nervous. Y'all ain't know that? Well, there was that one episode where you were. I sweat when I'm nervous. Thanks for coming and joining the four of us as we swallow hard topics and spit difference of opinions. See you next week, 50th, 50th episode! episode.